Welcome to Ferris Ford. I'm your host, Dave Eisler. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by an associate professor in our English Literature and World Languages Department, Deirdre Fagan. Deirdre is also the coordinator of creative writing and literature in person. Welcome to Ferris Forward. Thank you so much for having me. And I have here that you joined Ferris in 2015. Yes. What was your path that brought you to Ferris? Well, I had had my my degrees are out of Albany and Buffalo, so out of the New York State system. And then I took my first full-time teaching position in South Florida at the University of Miami. It was not tenure track. I moved on from there to a tenure track position, earned tenure and promotion at a small private school in Illinois. And then through a series of personal events, I decided that I wanted to move on from there. And since I had come out of state schools, state schools were really appealing to me. I continue to like seasons. Um, so this area was very appealing to me. And since I'm originally from New York, Michigan reminds me a lot of New York. So. It's kind of interesting the paths that a uh, academic career takes you. You never really imagine that you're going to be in Miami or Illinois or Michigan growing up in New York. It's, it's an interesting... You go where the job takes you, don't you, with, as an academic? It's the Different. community that embraces you and you become a part of this. Now, I've gotten to know you because I've, I've learned about you through your poetry. And I've had the opportunity to hear you read your poetry on numerous occasions. And I'm struck by the intensely personal nature of what you write about and the insight that you provide in, into your human experience. How did you become a poet? What was the process for you? Well, I was trained as a researcher and scholar of literary criticism. So my degrees and my first decade as a faculty member were really focused on literary criticism. I wrote a book on all of Robert Frost's poems and his life. I did a number of collected articles on other poets, um, Dickinson being one of my other, I always call her my first love to my students. And then I also was interested in pedagogy and especially memoir. I had, since my late 20s, wanted to work on some memoir. And then about 10 years into my career, I kind of felt like I needed a new challenge. I'd been doing a lot of literary criticism, and I felt like after my dozen years as a student and a decade as a faculty member, I had, I had, the, I had the hang of that. And I had always dabbled in creative writing but not dedicated myself to it. I think as an academic, I was guided more towards literary criticism. And so my creativity comes out of the lifelong study of literature and just my love of words generally but I really wanted to start crafting my own. Well, at least from my observation, I think you found a place that, that, that fits for you. You, f you feel very natural in the work that you do here. And you know, I, I, I very much enjoy hearing you read your poetry. And I know from the experience of others, I know how skilled you are at stimulating this creative writing, poetic voice in others. Talk a little bit about how you do that. I am open in my classroom. I was hesitant for many years to share my writing with students because I, I felt like it was self-serving in some way. Since I've been at Ferris and more focused on my creative work and teaching more and more creative writing and then became the coordinator of creative writing, 
I really wanted to show my students that I am a writer and welcome to the community, welcome them to the community I am part of. And the way to do that was to let them in and to show them that part of my humanity more. And to say, look, this is what it is to be a writer. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to share your work. And we need to be on a similar page in the classroom. I want you to know that I'm with you. I'm sharing with you. You're sharing with each other and you're eventually sharing with me. And you have to feel you're in a safe space to do that. And you yourself have received a number of awards. Uh, I know that you publish frequently because when we put together the Good News Monthly, there's there's always something from you that you've published or that you've been recognized. Uh, I have that your poem Outside In was a finalist for the Best of the Net in 2018. Talk a little bit about that. That was very exciting. Um, so the way the Best of the Net works, along with the Pushcart Prize, is that the editors of the journals that have published the pieces at the end of the year are able to select a handful to send forward for these honors. And so the first honor was that the poem was nominated for Best of the Net, and that was plenty for me. I was just happy to be nominated. I already felt like I'd won an award. And then, actually, it's ironic, a lot seems to happen in my office or on the third floor of... uh, the Arts and Sciences building because I was in my office and a poet friend who I'd met at a conference a few years ago and we've become supporters of one another's work messaged me and said, did you hear? Did you hear? Do you know? Do you know? And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, you're a Best of the Met finalist. You should see, you know, get on, get on the web. You are a finalist. And I was just jumping up and down in my office like whoa, 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 and then running into the hall and everybody was teaching so then I just run back in my office but it was a very exciting moment to just have that acknowledgement and to be supported and to know that I, it had stood out and that was actually a poem I tell my students rejection as part of the game that poem that ended up receiving that accolade was rejected a number of times by individual journals before it found a home and every time it was rejected I would look at it and think do I need to do something different with this? Or is it ready to go? And that was one of the poems that I just believed in. Wow. And I just kept sending it out and thinking, I think this is a good poem. Somebody's going to like this poem. <laughs> and then when it was published, I thought, finally, it has a home. And then that's where it went next. So it was very exciting. What a what an incredible story. And I, I did have the piece that your, your poem, Homesick, was nominated for a 2018 push card. That was also very exciting and unexpected. And a poem that I, that one, when I created it, it was very much from raw emotion. I would have been hard-pressed initially to analyze it as a scholar and explain everything I'd done in it. And so when it was selected, I was stumped a little bit by what exactly the readers had seen in it, what the editors had seen to make that selection. And then when I went back and read it, I thought... Given where we are in time, I see what they're looking at, you know, struggles and difficulties that are going on um, internally for people and nationally. And I thought they're they're reading a lot of that into it. And I, I'm not even sure I knew I was placing all of that in there at the time. What an interesting juxtaposition. The first poem you believed in strongly and had to help others see. The second poem, others saw things in the poem that that you you initially didn't see yourself. What a what an interesting contrast and yeah. in success. I've had the opportunity to read through this this beautiful uh, collection of poetry that you put together. 
entitled Have Love. And uh, I wish I could describe adequately the cover of this because it has this beautiful, beautiful, expressive painting, a watercolor on on the cover. And it's it's a just a group of excellent poems. Would you just explain a little bit about the book, the cover, and how this came to be? Yes. Well, I am grateful to have the collaboration of our Ferris Art Gallery director, Carl Card Wildlife Center director, Carrie Weiss. The, my second year here, she stood up at our opening meeting of the year and offered her collaborations to faculty. And I had co- I had collaborated with art galleries at previous institutions. So as soon as the meeting was over, I, I ran down, introduced myself. And from then on, we have had a very strong working relationship. I bring students to the gallery on a regular basis. I host the Literature in Person program where I bring in outside authors. And she has encouraged me to hold those events at the gallery and is very supportive and comes in in the evenings to help me with those and then we've presented some of our collaborations. She's, she's um, I was going to say, she's also given me suggestions for the classroom that have turned into exhibits of student work at the gallery uh, that have started with my students' work. And then we've presented on that, those collaborations at conferences together. So when I received the offer to publish the book and the contract, my first thought was, I have control over this cover. Carrie, will you please... Will you please do it? And so she, we met for dinner, and I talked out my ideas, and she said, send me the manuscript. I've got notes of what you have in mind, and I'll start reading, and I'll get back to you. And she texted me very excitedly within a few days and said, I've started reading, and I think I've already created the piece. It was already created a f- recently, a few weeks ago, before we met. <laughs> but your manuscript makes me think of this piece and can I send it to you and have you consider it before I start creating something fresh? And she sent it to me, and it just so fit one of the poems in particular that had inspired her to think of this piece um, of art as the cover. But I think the energy in it, as well as the moody emotions and the vibrancy, speaks to the book, which is about all the types of love that enter our lives, some that is not love that we think is love, love that comes to a natural end or needs to end because it's not a healthy love, but also those wonderful loves that we lose through illness or death that we want to hold and nourish forever. And this book is about surviving all of those loves and growing through each one and understanding that love doesn't have to last your entire life in order for it to be incredibly valuable and meaningful, not only to the world and the place you're creating within it, but for yourself and how you can grow within each love. So part of the artistic experience is you're describing things that are that you've already completed. What are you working on now? What are your what are your current projects that you're that you're pursuing? So some of the pieces in this book deal with grief and um, caregiving and illness. And my late husband was diagnosed with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis or Lou Gehrig's disease in 2011. And his progression was very rapid. He he died, well, he was diagnosed in December 11, and he died in October 2012. And at the time, our children were very small. They were four and nine when he died. And that, that was part of my looking at my life and making some changes and maybe committing even more to creative writing. But now I want to tell that story. And it's it's segmented and, and told in parts in poetry, but it lends itself better to prose. And I want it to be a memoir. I want it to be nonfiction 
I don't want to paint it as fiction because there are realities to that disease and to the way he faced it and we faced it as a couple that I think are important to put in the world. After he died, many people said to me that he had always taught them how to live well, but but how he handled his illness and his death and how we had as a couple taught them how to die well. And so I've held that dear and thought, I need to get I need to get these stories down and I hope it will be published. And if it's not, those stories are down for at least my children. But I'm hoping that it makes it to the larger population and to readers. And I've published a, a few short excerpts from that memoir. It's such a treat to have you today. Would would you read one of your poems for us? Uh, Do you have any requests? No, uh, read one that's your favorite, one that you think our, our, our listeners might enjoy. And I understand that there's a love for each of these, but pick one that, that you think would, would be appropriate. Well, given our conversation, I will read a very short one that speaks to the book and some of the um, elements I just shared about love. And that has been a surprise to me because as since the book came out in December, I've had people writing me and saying how much they're enjoying it. And I keep asking, what are your favorite poems? I'm very interested to hear what your favorite poems are. And this poem was mentioned a number of times and was a surprise to me as a favorite. <clears throat> so it is titled Superstitions. We believe if we say a thing, we risk it becoming true. Like when we say, I haven't gotten sick yet, knock on wood. We do the same with I love you. I remember reading that poem and I thought, you know, that the first, the way that, that, that you grab the, the, the reader in the beginning and then it ends so abruptly, so you're, you're left almost almost wanting more. Uh, fabulous. You, you, would you read one more? Sure. I, Do you want an uplifting one? A sad one? Wh- whatever, whatever you think would be appropriate. Well, this is a difficult one, but I think it's a beautiful one. It speaks to love, but also loss, um, and embracing love even when facing the most difficult situations. And the title is also the first line of the poem, so I'll read the title twice. While your husband is still able to stand. While your husband is still able to stand, you fasten the tabs by reaching around from behind, and your wrist is tickled by his hairy middle while you lean in, close your eyes, and pause to smell the skin on his back. When your husband tells you to call what he's been wearing diapers, because that's what they are, you do. His head lowers as you finish the job. When you get groceries, he encourages you to take your time, enjoy being without him, not to rush home. He is clean, he will be fine. No matter how many times you tell him it doesn't matter to you, you will be unable to unburden him. Upon learning as you set down the groceries, he has called an aid instead of you, a gift to you, the way he used to do the vacuuming or bring you flowers. Your own head will lower. You will place the ice cold coffee you have brought him beside his chair and thank him for being alive. 
Thank you for reading that poem because I think that captures the the emotion that you bring to to the the printed word. Now, if people have an interest in 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 and getting a copy of Have Have Love, how do they do that? Well, if they're here in Big Rapids, Artworks has some, and mm. purchasing it there will also support arts in our community. It's available online at Amazon and Barnes and Noble and other booksellers. And if they're in Grand Rapids, it's for sale at Schuler's and also at um, Books and Mortar in East Grand Rapids. So, if if we want to know more about you and your work, uh, are there places we can go for this? Yes, I have a website, DeirdreFagan.com, and every time I publish something, I'll post a link up there if it's accessible online or a link to where you can purchase a copy of the journal. And actually, the poems in this collection were all previously published, but being able to have them all to, in journals, but to have them all together in this collection has allowed it to create a narrative arc that is different from reading them independently. Deidre, thanks so much for joining us and for sharing your poetry. You have a, a wonderful gift, and we're delighted to have you on the faculty of Ferris State University, and I know our students learn much from you. Well, thank you so much for having me here, and I'm so happy to be at Ferris, and I appreciate how much Ferris supports the arts, not only on campus, but in our community. Thanks so much for listening to Ferris Ford. I'm Dave Eisler. <laughs>